eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Thiefstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome back in for another edition of Finsider Radio, SB Nation show about the Miami Dolphins. This is also the Jake and Josh show, so welcome in. Thanks for joining us. I am Jake Mendel. Joining me as he does each and every show, the Verified on Twitter, at H-O-U-T-Z. That's Houts. Joshua, how are we doing today, my friend? I'm doing good, but since you brought it up, Jake, tell us how you feel, man. You are officially <laughs> verified at J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94. Jake, how's it feel to be an officially verified journalist now? You've been bugging me to do it for some time, and I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's it's probably not going to work out. It's never, you know, it's going to be one of those things where, hey, that, that that's cool. You do a couple things, but nah, you ain't worth that check mark. But I woke up this morning, and, and boom, there it was, verified Twitter user. And um, I, I had to kind of stick on brand, though. Uh, my first tweet was, I don't know what my first tweet's going to be as a verified user. So I tried to get a little meta with it and have a little fun with it. Uh, but Josh, you know, I have to say, I've been missing the podcast. I've been missing talking to you because we have cut down where there's not a lot of news. And I really don't think we want to sit here and keep repeating ourselves because that's not, you know, a lot of fun both to talk about and to listen to. But we're slowly getting there, Josh. Today being July 15th, teams are reporting for camp on July 27th. And I thought it'd be a great idea. 
you know, one thing we always go back to is how we got on Twitter. We, we started really diving into this extra side of content in the NFL for the preseason, for training camp. So I thought today would be a great idea to do a show called Four Things We Would Never Tweet About the 2021 Miami Dolphins. And with that, my idea was, hey, we have some takes that we'd like to talk about. We're a little interested in, but we know, we know the second we put it on Twitter, um, somebody's going to save it. Somebody's going to screenshot it so they can make us look real goofy uh, three or four weeks, months, who knows down the road. Yeah, and this goes back to almost like that Twilight Zone thing we did, you know, leading up to this season with the Deshaun Watson, some of those things that we just knew if we went to Twitter and even gave any little hint of yes. how we felt about it, we would just be, you know, um, beaten and stoned in the middle of the streets. So um, we're going to take a different approach to this. But, Jake, before we jump into this, I got to ask you, and you posted an article in the Finsider, and it's what everyone was, you know, trying to talk about yesterday before all this Xavier Howard stuff came together. But what did you think about that Tua Tungavaloa video? I mean, he's quarterback one, but to me, Jake, that video that he put out yesterday, he looked a lot more like he was running back one, in my true, honest opinion. <laughs> that's the thing, man. We have nothing to really compare these videos to, so it can only do one thing, and that's get us really jacked up, right? Uh, in the preseason, in the, in the offseason, I guess, nobody wins, nobody loses. So as of right now, Tua looks like a quarterback who's going to win a Super Bowl just because, you know, we have nothing to compare it with. But that stuff really, with not a lot going on, that's what really gets you excited. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a fun video. He did look really quick. Uh, and I think quickness versus speed, that's one of those big, big conversations that, that always seem to uh, really be highlighted. And I think Madden really, really brought the... Uh, us to the surface of the quickness versus speed argument and Tua looked very, very quick. And, you know, knowing Miami's offensive line, knowing the history of Miami's offensive line, having a quarterback who's a little quick might not be a bad idea. Yeah, and you know, I joke and I do a little bit of tongue-in-cheek. I was going to call him Tua Micah Vicka Vailoa or something like that. But, um, yeah, I, I really butchered that. But, you know, he, he did look just um, – I hate to bring it up, but, you know, a lot more like that quarterback we saw in college where, you know, that aspect of his game is what truly made him that dynamic of a playmaker. So it was nice to see. But, again, you know, to sit here and put him in the Hall of Fame because he looks good in shorts and he's coming back from that hip injury, we're not going to do that. So um, that was the big thing. But uh, It does you – know. um, so, sorry to cut you off, but there does seem to be that dynamic and – we make these comparisons just because that's what we have. Um, it, it's different from Ryan Tannehill being a wide receiver in college, right? Because he he could run in a straight line fast, but but what Tua was doing the the creativity. It seemed like whenever Tannehill really had to like shuffle his feet or, or be a little flexible. I mean, that just kind of seemed out of his um, area of expertise for the most part. He was a true pocket passer. Yeah, I think people compared him, you know, like running like a baby deer, and it was kind of what yes. you see when Mike Kosicki has the ball in his hands. I mean, Tua, you know, again, he's not a guy that you want to go out there and run the football, you know, 10, sure. 15 times again like you would a Lamar Jackson, maybe a Jalen Hurts, but that is an aspect of his game that, you know, opens up some of that other stuff. So I hope he the Dolphins on rushing touchdowns. He did, and, he, and I think we all remember the highlight from that uh, Arizona game. You know, I remember he looked one way and put a vicious cut on someone. You know, he ran a touchdown in. Again, he's still undefeated against the New England Patriots. So, um, again, that's what we're going to get hyped up about this offseason. But, Jake, the big story, the biggest thing that we're going to continue to talk about, you know, probably every time we come on here and do a podcast is the Xavier Howard situation. And this thing continues to, I guess, snail along here. I mean, nothing's really urgent. You know, nothing needs to really come to a head before camp starts, but Jake, tell us a little bit about what's going on with Xavier Howard and maybe what we heard yesterday because Mike Silver, the NFL Network, dropped a pretty juicy nugget that kind of gave a little bit of a hint of what the Miami Dolphins could get in return for Xavier Howard. Yeah, and, and so let's dive right into it. The four things we wouldn't tweet about the 2021 Miami Dolphins and simply, 
Uh, number one, I would virtually move any player on this team for the Xavier Howard stuff to be over. It seems like, according to Mike Silver, that this is uh, the Dolphins are in a situation where they're they're kind of just uh, you know twiddling their thumbs a little bit. They're starting to have conversations about trading Howard. There's uh, rumors going around that it starts with a first round pick and. Josh, I, I gotta be, I hate hearing this stuff, man. I mean, the defense was just so great last year, and I think we all can expect that that regression in terms of turnovers. But, you know, I, I can just go so doom and gloom about Xavier Howard not being on this defense and everything falling apart. You know, you could say that Byron Jones looks like a, you know, a little bit of above average cornerback for what he's getting paid. I think he has great synergy with Howard and they both work so well together, which makes him worth the contract. But having him on an island, I don't know how confident we can be in that. How confident is this coaching staff and someone like Noah Igbenogany to come in and really be that boundary cornerback? Josh, I haven't seen anything that tells me that, you know, this team will be OK with someone like Xavier Howard not being on the team. So when you heard those Mike Silver uh, tweets, that thread start to come out, what was going through your head? Yeah, Jake, and I actually pulled up the thread because I know I asked you and I don't think either of us had it in front of us. But, you know, <laughs> let's be honest, Mike Silver, the thread that he put together, it really didn't have a ton of new information. I think the thing that stood out most to me um, was that he's not likely to get that new contract from Miami. It would likely take at least a first-round pick plus the willingness to pay up to land him. And there are several teams all in win-now mode pondering such a move. So, again, you know, there's not too much there that's new. I mean, who else is going to invest a first-round pick in a big-money deal on Xavier Howard unless you're competing? You know, uh, if the Dolphins aren't going to give him that contract, you know, you'd hope they'd get a first-round pick. So not a lot of new stuff here. But to me, again, it goes back to what you said. How are the Dolphins going to get through this? You know, uh, again, Xavier Howard, you know, he's missed some games throughout his career. A lot of fans want to point to that as to, you know, maybe why they shouldn't pay him. Uh, but lately, I mean, there is not a better corner. And, you know, you can sit here and argue until you're blue in the face. He's up there with some of the best, if not the best corner in football. And to lose that in a valuable defense, you know, when we talk about how the league is turning to a pass-happy thing. And then to think about, you know, how much pressure that now puts on Noah Igbenogany. I mean, that to me is it. I tweeted out earlier today, you mentioned it. If the Dolphins truly believe all the things they've been saying this offseason, you know, if all the praise that these players are giving towards Noah Igbenogany, is all true and you know it probably all is but is he ready to you know become that shutdown corner opposite of byron jones and to make this defense you know not even not even knock back a peg you know to, to go out there and compete and play at another high level i mean that to me is just almost impossible and that to me is probably you know what i'm most what i'm most scared to see how this thing all plays out is what the dolphins defense ultimately looks like without xavier howard in the lineup now, there, there's no doubting that they could still be good without Howard in the lineup. I mean, Brian Flores, he's shown everything that he is a defensive mastermind, and, and there's no reason to doubt that just yet. But, I mean, being a Dolphins fan, I do see the pathway. I mean, if, if the coaching staff, the you know, the culture decides, you know, we're going to do what we did with Minka Fitzpatrick, we're going to move Howard, we're going to get, you know, a first-round pick, maybe a little bit more than that. Gosh, I, I, we got to get more than a first-round pick for Xavier Howard, and I don't know if a team's going to pay that. But, you know, the Dolphins move those two players, and it just seems like really quickly I, I see that pathway where, you know, the, the signing of Byron Jones after a, a lackluster first year, I, I wouldn't say he was bad, but I w also wouldn't say he lived up to the contract he had. I could see that contract becoming a liability real quick without Howard there to really help Jones uh, maximize his potential. And then you look at the Igbenogany first-round pick. I mean, you could see you could just kind of see the uh, warts potentially appear if things start to go south for this Dolphins uh, team really, uh, really quickly. And then you also have to bring in the question of if these first round picks aren't panning out, you know, they they have two more in two years. Uh, we have San Fran's next year. And, you know, if a Howard trade does happen, 
the Dolphins are only going to have more picks. So you then start to have the doubts of, are these guys capable of drafting the right guys? Again, these are things that we wouldn't tweet because, you know, there's no reason to really think this way right now. But the Xavier and Howard situation, that's actually looking a lot like a Aaron Rodgers situation, uh, is really starting to develop here. And, and Josh, I do want to bring up the point that it does kind of seem like everything was quiet until the, the Silver uh, Nuggets came out. Is there any chance that the Dolphins work a situation where Howard come back, comes back and plays and this is, you know, a last push by Howard's camp before training camp begins? Because as someone who just wants, you know, more money, I, I don't know if Howard's in a position to really start losing money in training camp, especially you look to next year, he can be cut for almost nothing. Yeah, man, great point. I mean, it looks like it says here in this Mike Silver thread, he'd be getting paid $50,000 a day every time he sits out. So, again, if this guy, if, he, if Xavier Howard truly it's money that he wants, I mean, sitting out is really not an option. Um, to your point, though, could he come back and, you know, could they go into this and see, you know, OK, X, go out there and redo what you just did and we'll give you that big contract. You know, maybe that's there. But um, I brought it up, Jake. I, I wanted to look to see what Jalen Ramsey's contract extension was. And I don't know if you know <laughs> this. scary. Holy hell, man. Five yeah. years, $105 million with $71.2 million guaranteed. And just for comparison, Xavier Howard made five years, $75.25 million, but only 27.18 of that was fully guaranteed. So you can see why the Dolphins are in the situation they're in. You can see, I mean, honestly, you wonder if Xavier Howard did kind of go into this with, with this mentality. You know, we're going to come at these Dolphins, you know, after that 2021 season and try to get those guarantees that they didn't give us originally. So, um, Jake, I mean, I, I would really wish that we could just go to bed and wake up tomorrow and everything be solved. Xavier Howard's Scrooge McDuffkin and a whole bunch of gold money. But I just don't think that's how it's going to come about, Jake. And, you know, you mentioned a first round pick. That to me is where it starts. But how much further is it going to go than a first round pick? I mean, what Minka Fitzpatrick bring back a first? I mean, it was a late first to, again, a contender like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, that to me, I, I would hate to see that happen. And you have written down here. I mean, how is this defense? You know, we mentioned losing Xavier Howard, but how are they going to be able to overcome losing Xavier Howard and their starting free safety, you know, and Bobby McCain this year? You know, you're, you're now you're asking. And Noah Igbenagini to take a huge second year step. Now you're asking Javon Holland to come in there and do things that, you know, we all hope he's capable of, but that's a huge task for a rookie. So um, I think, you know, losing Xavier Howard is obviously going to be a lot uh, worse off for the Dolphins than it would do good. But, um, you know, this is a game of chicken. It's like you're on the playground, the Dolphins are on one side of the monkey bars, Xavier's on the other side, and they're just coming to the middle, and, and something's got to give. And I, I truly don't know what it's going to be. And I'll bring up number two. I originally had this as number uh, four to bring it full circle with Howard, but but that's just straight up. You, you just started to touch on it. That this defense doesn't look nearly as threatening without Howard. And you bring up the point that this team, uh, you know, the Dolphins would trade Howard to a team that's in win now mode. Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I legitimately think the Dolphins, you know, in terms of maybe not breaking the bank and mortgaging the future to win now, but but. In theory, the Dolphins are trying to win now. They they won 10 games last year. There is no more excuses. There is no more wait and sees, right? This is a time, this is a, a really critical year for this uh, you know, coaching staff, for the quarterback, for the defense to really make their name and really show you know, the Bills and the Patriots who are going to have a bounce back year that they belong in the top of the AFC East. And I just, I just have such a hard time seeing that happen without Howard. Obviously, there can be stuff we don't know, but it's just, you know, concerning when you see the Dolphins, you know, re-sign a guy like Jerome Baker. They still have about $6 million in cap space. Obviously, they still have some rookies to sign. You want to bring some money into the season, but they can move money. 
And one thing I keep bringing up over and over, and that's, you know, trading Devontae Parker, man. I think that just opens up so much flexibility. I'm not saying, again, that's not something I want the Dolphins to do either. Uh, but as a way out, I actually texted you this and you you ignored it. So so I'm going to say that it was a horrible trade. But, I mean, how about a trade that involves Devontae Parker going to Jacksonville for someone like James Robinson, seeing how the Jags just drafted a, uh, uh, you know, a, a first round running back where I think that could be a really strong trade. I, I know the Jags have some strong receivers, but but Parker adds another dimension that I don't think that core has. Uh, that just kind of seems like a way to really make a lot of rights happen. Hell, you could even uh, give Gasecki another contract with a little bit of that Parker money. I mean, you could re-sign Christian Wilkins down the road, different different guys like that. Give Agba, you know, the, the contract extension he wants. So, I mean, Josh, I just I just don't know if the Dolphins are really in a situation with how strong their defense could be to be playing chicken in a time like this. Yeah, Jake, and you know, I don't mean to ignore your um, James Robinson trade <laughs> proposal, but I, I do go to Twitter quite often and complain about how the Dolphins are still searching for a running back, and they literally had one of their offensive quality coordinators at the Shrine game working with James Robinson. So I, I hate the fact that the Dolphins might have to trade for him, but I mean, that would be that complimentary back. You know, see some of the other names being thrown out there on Twitter. People are joking about Ezekiel Elliott, you know, Alvin Kamara, um, you know, I've even heard Kareem Hunt in a trade with Cleveland Browns. So there's lots of options on the table, but I think the Dolphins, if they really want to get the most max value out of this you know you almost have to get a first round pick and then a player like you mentioned that can bring value because that to me is the only way that this you know trade could truly work out in the Dolphins favor um before we move on from the whole Xavier Howard thing Jake it was brought up yesterday by Yvonne on Twitter and she asked you know would Xavier Howard have had 10 interceptions if Byron Jones wasn't signed in the offseason and um I want to know your I want to know if you have an answer to that because that was a very good question and to me, you know, I, I sat there and kind of went back and forth, and I did say, you know, I think if Xavier Howard's healthy, you know, I think we could sit here and say he was probably eventually and throughout his career going to hit 10 interceptions. But what if it happened last year? I don't know without Byron Jones' presence. The one thing I keep going back to is the fact that uh, last year wasn't the first time Howard led the league in interceptions. Uh, he did it back in 2018. Uh, he had seven, and he only played half the season, Josh. He, he was shut down near the end of the year. Um, so I really want to say he would have been pretty damn close. If he didn't hit uh, double digits, he would have been close. I think that might have happened without Byron Jones. Um, I think what makes Howard so special is his control, where he can look at a wide receiver, where he can fight you know, hand-in-hand hand hand with a wide receiver, and know when to turn his head. I mean, the Dolphins run a defense that's a lot of man coverage. I mean, these aren't guys looking at the quarterback and, and you know, reading their eyes and, and you know, snagging a pick six. This is Howard really adjusting at the right time, positioning himself to make a play on the football. And he's had some incredible interceptions. He's had some tipped balls that should have been interceptions that have been pretty incredible. So I think he would have been pretty close, even if Byron Jones wasn't on the team. I think just Howard, his talent, I mean, he, he can thrive with strong players around him or weak players around him. We don't really know if that's the case with someone like Byron Jones. And I think that's why uh, you see someone as Howard being so confident because you know what you're going to get every Sunday. Uh, to, to end this long-winded rant, I mean, even you think about his worst quote-unquote game against DeAndre Hopkins. That was a dogfight. Hopkins had to work for every single reception he got in that game. And, and it's interesting that even Howard's, you know, quote-unquote worst performance is memorable for him just out there fighting, not necessarily getting beat over and over. Yeah, Jake, and I think that's kind of where I was. You could almost flip a coin here. I mean, could Xavier Howard have double-digit interceptions? Yes. Any career, any season that he was honestly healthy and played a full 16-game slate? Yes, I think he honestly could. Um like you said with Xavier Howard, I mean, one of the things he does so good is he is just so he's just so damn good at baiting quarterbacks into throwing that football, and then he mm-hmm. just breaks on it 
unbelievably. I mean, you see him sometimes trailing some of those receivers and the way he just regains, you know, speed and just makes that pick is unbelievable. So I, I really don't want to see Xavier Howard playing for any other team than the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, and I think we're kind of all in the same spot there where we we don't want to see, you know, Howard going elsewhere. Um, I don't think the Dolphins are ever going to get the value back uh, that they'd like for someone like Howard. So, Chris Greer, I know you're a longtime fan of this podcast. So, um, please, we beg you, uh, make make Xavier Howard happy. And, and again, these are things we want to talk about and we don't want to tweet because we could be sitting here in two weeks uh, and, and Howard, you know, shows up, everyone's happy. Or we could be sitting here in like four months and the Dolphins defense is awesome without Howard and we could still be looking foolish that way. Josh, before we go into the break, I wanted to ask you this at the top. Um, is there anything you remember tweeting about the Dolphins, whether it's in training camp, whether it's dying on a hill for a player that you really got cooked for a year later d- down the road? Because, I mean, that, that's kind of a tough thing. We like to hype up players. We like to have fun. But, I mean, there are times where we, we kind of get stuck with that on our face. Yeah, I mean, I got stuck with egg on my face many times. And there used to be this thing where I'd go on Twitter. You know, we see it all the time. People retweet their old takes and they're doing victory laps. I used to always try to bring up one that I completely missed on. And, you know, I got to be the most recent would be Josh Rosen. I mean, I truly believe that quarterback was good. I I loved the trade for the Dolphins. Thought he was going to come in and potentially be that franchise quarterback. And I'm sitting here with egg on my face. I mean, you can go down the list with quarterbacks. But as of late, it's gotten better. But, Jake, there are plenty of opportunities for people to go out there and definitely throw eggs in my face. That's how I feel about Jamar Taylor. What about you? Oh, it's Jamar Taylor. Okay. I I was on a Jamar Taylor hill for so long, and it was it was at the end of um, it must have been the 2017 2018 season where where he was really puttering out. No, it was even before that, maybe 15 16, uh, where he was starting to putter out. And I I saw people starting to favorite my tweets, retweet them from a a year ago or so, and I was just like, damn, like that's. I want to, you know, I want to support these guys. You know, the the, the team you yeah. like, I try to kind of position things in a light where uh, there are some players I dislike and, you know, I, there are people go on Twitter and strip, just call them garbage. I mean, I'm not trying to have Dick Needham's mom come yell at me. Uh, so I try to present things in a different way. But when these things are brought up, it kind of blocks how creative you can be with your takes. Obviously, there are people who are going to come out and just say ridiculous things, but if you want to have a a wild prediction like the Dolphins are going to cut Jordan Phillips, uh, you know, two weeks into the 2019 season, you would have been raked over the coals, but Aaron Sutton, our our friend there, he he hit that nail on the head. So while I think it's fun to give people a little junk for these wild takes, I think there's still stuff we can learn from that. But hey, let's jump into a quick break. And our final two things that we wouldn't tweet both revolve around the offense, so stay tuned for that. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Alrighty, Joshua, I had to look at this sentence for a very long time because we know how um, intense people get, especially when talking about the quarterback. Uh, But you brought this one up and you made a, a very good point. Josh, why haven't the Dolphins been rumored in trading for Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, Jake, and when you first said about hot takes, this was the first thing that came to my mind because we sat here, and I mean, I say we, but we, the Dolphins fan base, talked about Deshaun Watson for how many weeks, and to think that a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who, I mean, yes, he's up there in age, he's what, 37 years old, 
if the Dolphins brought Aaron Rodgers in to Miami, Jake, would they not be a Super Bowl contender this year and every year that he is still on the roster? Oh, easy. Absolutely easy. Without question. So to me, it it, it did. I got to give a shout out to Clump. He goes by Nutty X Professor on Twitter. Very good Dolphins source. He came out here and he said he had a hypothetical trade between the Dolphins and Packers. The Dolphins received Aaron Rodgers. The Packers got Xavier Howard, a 2022 first, a 2022 second, and a 2023 first. Jake? Tell me your thoughts on that, because to me, you know, as much as I want to see Aaron Rodgers in Miami, that's way too many firsts for my liking. The interesting thing is, though, the Dolphins do have that extra first. And I think the big concern that everyone has is the age, right? Um, obviously coming off an MVP season. But I mean, I don't think the Dolphins are in a situation where, you know, you can be picky. If they somehow had the opportunity to trade for Rodgers, I mean, you'd have to think about that uh for a very long time because instantly go into win down mode. I don't think the Dolphins are, you know, this uh, in a spot where they could be, uh, you know, we are building the culture. We are guaranteed to be going in the right direction. We don't know that for sure, whether the Dolphins hit on their players, they hit on their quarterback. Bringing in someone like Aaron Rodgers instantly, like you said, makes them a Super Bowl contender. I, I think that would be so exciting. It, it you, you mentioned it, it hits that uh, Peyton Manning scratch that the Dolphins had in 2012. Obviously, Stephen Ross has come out and said, we're not that team anymore, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, if the opportunity for Rodgers came up, uh, I, I think the Dolphins would do it. But this is less about the Dolphins actually trading for Rodgers. It's why we're not talking about it, why it hasn't been brought up, especially with the fact that the Deshaun Watson rumors uh, were hot and heavy for two, three months there. Yeah, and I guess maybe it's just that we're all kind of settled in on the season and we're all, you know, ready to go. We're all fully behind two at time low, and people just don't want to ruffle feathers at this point because we saw what type of offseason we had, Jake. But I'm looking at his numbers last year. 4,300 yards passing, 48 touchdowns and five interceptions. I, we, you know, we, I joked that it was almost well, – I didn't joke. I said this was similar to when Peyton Manning was out there. Peyton Manning at that time when he hit free agency, he was nowhere near the quarterback Aaron Rodgers. There's no offense, Peyton right. Manning, but I mean that guy, he had Coming a noodle off the arm. Neck surgery. Nobody yeah, he, knew, I mean, nobody knew he'd be he was still Peyton Manning, but he was throwing some right. ducks out there. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is at playing at the highest level of football. I mean, he's going to go down as one of the, the greatest to ever play the game. And to think that, you know, the Dolphins could somehow, you know, pull a trade off for Aaron Rodgers. And to me, the biggest thing would be I mean, uh, assuming Tua doesn't get too pissed off, which, I mean, I think I'd be pretty upset and probably, you know, one, one out of Miami if the Dolphins were to go after Aaron Rodgers. But to think if there was some way that the Dolphins could make this move, you know, become contenders now and still somehow develop Tua Tavolo behind them, because think about it, the, you know, the Green Bay Packers, they have Jordan Love there. I mean, they got to kind of feel like that's the future there. To think that you can maybe, and again, maybe it's a long shot, but bring in Aaron Rodgers for a year, maybe two, and have Tua Tavolo waiting in the rings. I mean, that to me is having your cake and eating it too. But uh, this is why we're not talking about this on Twitter, because it's absolutely crazy and something that might only happen in Madden. But even in Madden, I don't know if an Xavier Howard and two first will get a trade done for Aaron Rodgers. And that's that's why it's the July 15th talk, right? This is when everyone's off for the summer. So this is when we can kind of talk about these things. Um, and, and Josh, too, if you if we want to go really deep, uh, we, we can bring up the fact that, you know, um, I think Rogers is someone who really cares about his image. Uh, and he, we could bring up the fact if he helps develop Tua or, or works with Tua, I mean, there goes the uh, idea that he's a he's a bad teammate, right? You know, that wrote, oh, he he hates Jordan Love and all this other stuff that brought up. It. I mean, if him and Tua get along, that's that's PR 101 for making him the good guy all over again. 
Yeah, and I bring it up as a joke, but I mean, he's, again, never been in that situation. He's always been the guy that, well, I say always, but, you know, he was the guy with Brett Favre, I guess, and now Jordan Love is the guy to, to Rodgers. But, you know, he would be then traded to a team who not only saw him as that savior now, but that, again, like you said, a kind of a coach to mentor to, a, and that would just be a whole different, you know, situation than what we become accustomed to with some of these veteran quarterbacks. So that, to me, would be where the most intrigued would lie. And, again, I mean, for Tua Tungvaloa to even sit another year or, uh, two behind a guy like Aaron Rodgers, or, or who knows? You know, now Brian Flores has Aaron Rodgers and two at Tonga Valoa. I mean, he he sat there and he pulled one for freaking Ryan Fitzpatrick last year. Imagine having a two quarterback system with Aaron Rodgers and two at Tonga Valoa. So again, never going to happen. But I just did not understand why we're sitting here talking about Deshaun Watson trades. Some people were talking about drafting a quarterback. You have arguably one of the best quarterbacks over the last decade sitting right here, disgruntled in Green Bay. Again, I don't think they're going to trade him. I don't think. Josh, really how many gonna... yards did he throw for yet last year? 4,300. Yeah, 4,300. He would be the only quarterback not named Dan Marino in the history of the Miami Dolphins to throw for that many yards. Tannehill topped out about 4,200. What about so touchdowns? I mean, Where are touchdowns, touchdowns at? 48. That has to be up there. I mean, that's it's got to be way up there. <laughs> and, and I think, too, the thing you think about is the Dolphins. Uh, I mean, why wouldn't like a great quarterback? You're instantly mentioned in the same breath as Marino. I, I know it gets a little tiring that all, you know, we want to see success now for the Dolphins and it's gonna when it happens that quarterbacks will be compared to Marino it's just the way it is uh 48 touchdowns Josh Dan yes. Marino did that in 1984 Dan Marino threw 44 in 1986 and then Dan Marino dropped to 30 in 1985 so yeah he'd, he'd be tied for the franchise most uh all time he'd be right there with Dan Marino in terms of uh strongest seasons in terms of touchdowns damn okay so I knew Marino 48 no, but Dan. for some reason Dan, yeah, okay, Dan, Dan yeah, yeah, I, I, for some reason, I knew Marino had 48, but I think I thought maybe he got a little more than that throughout his career, so uh, Aaron Rodgers, could he come to Miami and throw more touchdowns than the greatest Dolphins quarterback of all time? I mean, stay tuned. Dude, people are probably so <laughs> mad listening to this podcast, though, but it's they can't tweet it. Actually, if they do retweet it, that's a good thing, because that's downloads, but, and then you got to dig deep, and then you have to cut out a piece of this and put it on the internet, and then people have to listen to it, so I like this idea of uh, not tweeting these things out. Josh, the just, last thing I have – oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just even just joking about this. I mean, we got to be honest. I mean, two is our guy again, and an Aaron Rodgers trade is never going to happen. But I'm looking at him here on Google Images with this mustache, and I'm just thinking about what could be if he if he came to Miami. And then, you know, if that were to happen, we have to get into the discussion. I shouldn't even say this. People really get pissed off. But then do we unretire Bob Greasy's number? I mean, it, it needs to be talked about. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. man, you're going to you're gonna get virtually beat up. That's, that's the best thing I could say here is you're going to get virtually beat up. But that, too, I mean, I think – Dolphins Twitter has always been such a volatile place uh, where where we can have fun with this. We know that's coming, and it's it allows us to be this goofy, right, when we know that people are going to get this upset either way. But, Josh, we have one more thing here because we wanted to do four and be creative, and there's four quarters and a dollar. Josh, I'm not going to tweet this because I think in week three, everyone could tweet it just with a laughing emoji making fun of me uh, after he catches, catches two touchdowns and has 80 yards and looks like a verified baller. And that is, I kind of sort of think that Preston Williams might be the closest receiver to the roster bubble over guys maybe like Albert Wilson or even Alan Hearns in a sense. Yeah, Jake, and I think your point with the unicorn here is that, you know, Preston Williams, when he's healthy, when he can go out there, he's making some plays. But the Dolphins, we talked about podcast after podcast. They have what? 13 receivers on the roster. I mean, someone has to go. And I sit here and I say that, you know, my stomach sinks a little bit seeing 
that we could move on from Preston Williams, but the same thing can be said about Lim Bowden or, you know, you know, Albert Wilson. I can't say Jakeem Grant because that's not true, but, you know, the list goes on and on, and the Dolphins have so many receivers <laughs> that at some point one of these guys is going to be the odd man now. And, um, you know, for as high hopes as I have for Preston Williams, and you mentioned bringing up tweets, I mean, I'm pretty sure that I have plenty of Preston Williams, you know, a wide receiver one or, you know, whatever – thousand yard receiving yards i don't know some crazy house stuff but um the point is could Preston Williams be gone jake i think there's a p- potential there and you know let's take another step further does he have trade value because besides the injury history i mean uh, never mind forget the trade value stuff because he doesn't have any <laughs> yeah that, that, you, you said forget the injury but but that's kind of it he's never played a full 16 game season he's an undrafted guy obviously he's on the field he's incredibly talented but the best avail the best availability yeah the best ability you can have is availability and I think, you know, if I could be around the Dolphins and ask Brian Flores a couple questions, I'd instantly, Stephen Carter, I still don't know if I'm saying his name right, and Robert Foster. Those would be the two guys I'd talk to Brian Flores about because those were the first two guys the Dolphins signed in free agency. I have a hard time seeing either of those guys not making the roster. So in theory, Josh, whether whether Carter's a fullback uh, or, or a tight end, I know the Dolphins signed the, the free agent from Alabama who can play fullback, and they had Christian Wilkins playing fullback last year even though uh, Chandler Cox was on the team. But, I mean, you add Carter to the four tight ends the Dolphins have, you're instantly looking at five tight ends. You just wonder where these roster spots are going to come from. You have to assume guys like Robert Foster and even uh, – you know, Mac Hollins, another guy who signed a new contract this offseason with the team, are going to have to make it, whether as the gunner. I don't know if they're going to keep two gunners, but just guys who are going to contribute to this team in different ways. You add those two instantly to Jalen Waddell, uh, Fuller, and Devontae Parker. That gives you five. The Dolphins spent a relatively high pick on someone like Lynn Bowden. That's six. And then you have Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson really duking it out. Those guys are a little more experienced than someone like Preston Williams. Maybe not as talented but that consistency uh the gel the ability that someone like elbert wilson we've heard that gels with tua could maybe be a a big concern for someone like preston williams because i just named seven guys who i legitimately think could make the roster before even mentioning williams's name and again i'm not going to knock him whatsoever because i think he is an awesome talented guy but this numbers game man uh it can be one of two things i could be looking like a genius in in three weeks or everyone's gonna be laughing at me when he leads the team in touchdowns yeah, and I had to look it up because to me, Jake, I don't know if anybody, well, I'm sure somebody out there knows this, but this is a contract year for Preston Williams. He is yep. going into his third season. He is a free agent, restricted free agent after this year. So I guess the Dolphins contender, but he's only making $850,000. So, I mean, that to right. me is probably, you know, what helps him most in this situation. But, you know, we're talking about the injuries and how they're lingering around. If he can't go out there and compete, if he can't go out there and, you know, prove to this coaching staff that he belongs, like you mentioned, some of those other guys may be. I mean, you mentioned Robert. Foster. I mean, they brought him in here for a reason, right? Stephen Carter, you would think they brought him in here for a reason. Not to just cut weight right away. I mean, they have a valuable asset right. on special teams. Or at deals, least, I think, too. Yeah, so, or at least we think. So, I mean, uh, I, I just think that someone's going to have to eventually be cut. And, I mean, to think that Preston Williams, if he can't go out there and, and rise to the top and, and battle with some of these guys in camp, he could be as gone as any of them. So, I like what you're saying. I mean, I don't like what you're saying, but I see what you're saying. And um, Preston Williams could be the odd man out in Miami. That's that's kind of what we're thinking about here in terms of uh, wacky scenarios, things we think could happen. Uh, we kind of set the tone of this is when you go out uh, with a couple of buddies and you have a couple of soda pops, 
and when you guys can get into really interesting conversations, but nobody really has to repeat it because they're a little goofy. Uh, so, guys, I'm going to give you guys a little call to action. Let us hear some of the things you wouldn't tweet about the Miami Dolphins. You can send them to us in DMs. Obviously, we're not going to screenshot and post those. Uh, we have our own little community growing here at the Finsider, and, and we thank everyone. Uh, we mentioned it on our previous show that for the month of June, one of the slowest months of the year, we were in the top 10 in terms of SB Nation podcast. Uh, so that that's a credit to you guys for sticking with us. Uh, we do apologize. We've cut down to one show a week up until I, I think, Josh, inside baseball a little bit. I'm going on vacation next weekend, but as soon as we come back, I think at least two shows a week is going to have to be on the agenda with all the news, all the uh uh, cutthroat action that's going to happen in training camp. So stay tuned for that. If you're liking the show, smash that subscribe button, Spotify, iTunes, wherever it may be. Uh, content's only becoming more and more as uh, season, news, everything uh, gets closer and closer. Yeah, I think I compared us to our cell phone, you know, blinking last week and being put on the charger just to recharge for the 2021 season. That's what we're trying to do here. Like Jake said, we are sorry that we have not been able to bring you these two podcasts like we have throughout the season. But you guys are we're so thankful for your support. Thank you for continuing to listen to the podcast, making it again, like Jake said, a top 10 NFL podcast on SB Nation for the month of June. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe, rate, leave us a five star review. We are both now verified on Twitter. You can follow me at Houts, H-O-U-T-Z, and you can follow the greatest co-host in the world, Jake Mendel. He still doesn't know his at, but I'll throw it out there. It's at J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94 for the Finside Radio podcast, The Jake and Josh Show. I'm Josh Houts. That's Jake Mendel. We'll talk to you next time. Finside Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. We're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins.